0: Me, I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining the End of the Age program. And I have a very distinguished guest with me today. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this program. I'm joined by Kevin Freeman, a CFA. He's considered one of the world's leading experts on economic warfare and financial terrorism. He's consulted for and or briefed the U.S. Congress, the intelligence community, the SEC, the Department of Defense in his extensive research. About global economic warfare, he's the co-founder and host of the Economic War Room on Blaze TV. Kevin Freeman, thank you for joining me, and welcome to End of the Age.
1: Thank you, Dave. It's an honor to be with you.
0: Absolutely. Now we've got a short period of time here, and I want to go through the book that you just wrote. Fabulous work. According to plan, I just read the book. I had a friend of mine uh, that introduced me. To you through a meeting that he went with went to here in Dallas, and he brought me this book according to plan. When I started reading it, I could not put it down and I thought, well I'll go through this book and just highlight some of the things I'm interested in and would potentially if I was ever to interview Kevin Freeman that I would want to ask him about the problem is I highlighted just about fifty percent of the book. And wow, what a work it was and a very telling story in these times we're living in right now.
1: Yeah, well, the purpose of the book is to help people simply understand that it's not incompetence when you see the Afghanistan debacle, when you see the border overrun, the fentanyl crisis, the inflation, the debt. It's not incompetence. And it's not accidental. It didn't just happen and we have to face it. It is according to plan, and we want people to understand that, that there is an evil plan, and it's being attempted against the United States, and we can fight back against
0: it. Absolutely. Now, I come at everything from a biblical, prophetic viewpoint, and I know scripturally we can prove that there will be a world government in play at the time, just prior to the time when the second coming of Jesus Christ would occur. When I saw your website and everything you guys are doing, and then I went through the book, I thought, oh my goodness, these guys are spot on with what they're talking about. And this book, and I would highly recommend to everybody, Kevin Freeman's book, According to Plan. Actually, Kevin, I already mentioned it it on our program last week, and people started emailing me and saying, hey, I've already bought the book. And so that's a good thing. And I'm I'm very thankful for that, because they need to know what's going on, but very prophetic. But... Uh, For sake of time, I want to get right into the book here and a few things that you mentioned. According to plan, you mentioned George Orwell's book, Animal Farm, and you talked about the pigs amongst us. Can you explain the meaning? What are the pigs?
1: Well, yeah, and and keep in mind, I'm a Christian as well, and I believe in God's word, and I you know, so I really struggle with the whole notion of calling somebody a pig. Right. Because remember <laughs> Apostle Paul, he, he called somebody he started started to cuss him out, but you whitewashed and I and said, yeah, Whoa, yeah. Apostle Paul, that, that that is the high priest. And yeah, he said, yeah. No, nope, the Bible says do not speak ill of a ruler of your people. Right. And so I, I'm like, I can't do it. But then I realized they're not rulers, they're servants. Right. And Orwell calls them pigs because the pigs in Animal Farm essentially talked everybody into overthrowing the farmer, taking over the system, and putting them in charge. Right. And then, all of a sudden, they started living better than everybody else. And that's what we see politicians doing today. They get rich when they go to Washington. They're not servants. They're not acting like servants. They're acting like rulers. And it's okay to call them out.
0: Absolutely in the book and yeah so it's symbolic you're not as a christian calling these people pigs but it's symbolic of what happened in george orwell's book and the uh the status that the pigs gained at that point where they wanted to be everybody's servants to them instead of them being everybody's servants um so you in the book you kind of go from a global perspective as the pigs and then into america this nationalistic perspective globally Who are the pigs on a global scale?
1: Well, there's two big sets of them. One of them would be the Chinese Communist Party right. or any Communist Party. Uh, but then associated with that, Vladimir Putin, who came out of a communist system. He was mm-hmm. a KGB. He's maybe one of the richest men in the world. And, you know, that's from his government service.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Xi Jinping is certainly wealth, wealthy. Uh, the Chavez family in Venezuela, exactly. they're pigs. They they took oh, all the wealth of this very once prosperous country. Uh, but then you have the World Economic Forum types. You have people like George Sor- and Klaus Schwab, and they're the ones that put out these uh, videos, what's life going to be like in the 2030s, and they said, well, we're not going to eat much meat, you know, they don't tell us, but we're supposed to be eating bugs, and mm-hmm. uh, you'll own nothing, and you'll be happy about it. Right. Uh, they're going to be doing transhumanist things like printing human organs for transplants. Uh, we're going to end the use of fossil fuels, and we'll be using technology that's mostly dependent on China, uh, you know, solar, wind, wind. Uh, lithium batteries and things like that. Mm-hmm. They, they list this dystopia for us. These are the elites and the, the Fauci's of the world that know better than the rest of us, tell us exactly how to live and then make themselves wealthy in the process. Right. And we, they live well and we live poorly. Globally you can look anywhere you look and you see a dictator, that's a pig.
0: Right, right. And so they have this concept of communism, or these socialistic principles that they're trying to Um, make all of the world adhere to, and the United States is the last great holdout of that. We're supposed to be free people. We came out from under King George. I don't want socialism. I don't want communism in the United States. The problem is, is that it is here, and it's been here for a long time. They're trying to overtake America. You know, I used to think, well, that's just in some foreign country. I was here during the Cold War. I understand Russia and China and everything that was going on. However, they're trying to impose that upon our capitalistic system here in America. Now one of the things I want you to know, Kevin, as we go along, is that I believe we, in our opinion, I believe I can prove scripturally that the Antichrist world government, in the end time, will be a socialistic, communistic, one-world governing body, and because of different colors and symbolism in the Bible. but what you're saying is going right along with those prophecies. It's playing out perfectly, but I don't want it to happen here in America. So we see the, the pigs or these elitists in glo- on a global spectrum, but when we bring it here to America, you talked about in the book, and I thought this was very key for people to understand, the Socialistic Party of America back in 1901, the Communist Party USA. A lot of people don't even realize that there is a Communist Party USA in America but it was established back in 1919 and so bring and then you went into the naked communist and some different things so in America they're trying to do the same thing here that they've done on a global scale for decades and decades now and they want to overtake our free society here
1: Oh, this, absolutely. This isn't a conspiracy theory. I mean, you can use any search engine browser and search for the words 45 goals of the Communist Party USA. Yep. They were written in the book, The Naked Communist, you just referenced, who was written by someone I knew. As a teenager, I, my father was on the board of the National Center for Constitutional Studies, also known as the Freeman Institute. He yep. was the token non-Mormon on that. Uh, but Cleon Scouse and I ran around with. I, I, got, I learned from him. Wow. And it was entered in the congressional record in 1963 by a Florida congressman. He entered it in, and the, the congressional record just lists these goals that are now achievements of the Communist Party yes. of the USA. There are things they've done. And I agree with you. I believe the Antichrist is, is real. I believe that the scripture is true. I believe that we will have an end of time. It will be a socialist, communist uh, mm-hmm. tyranny. over the whole earth. It's controlling the monetary system. You can't buy or sell without the mark of the beast. I believe all of that, and and yet I want to fight against it. And I believe that God tells us to occupy until he comes again, to do business until he comes again, to weaponize our money and use it for the kingdom of God. And the sin of America is that we see money as the end thing, the thing yes. we want to own and grasp and get. Right. And the Bible tells us money is not the end purpose. Right. Money is a tool or a weapon we can use, no different than a shovel or a screwdriver right. or a gun, uh, to, to fight for God's kingdom here on earth. Right. So, yes, I agree with you 100%, and I believe that, that we're watching prophecy fulfilled around
0: us on a daily yes, basis. absolutely. Um, and one of the things that you said in the book, and I think this is so key, because everybody really wants to know what's going on right now, and you get so immersed in the trees that you really can't see the forest. And so what I like to do on our program many times is I will step back and look at what's really going on, because they want to get you mesmerized on this little event that's happening when they're really pushing their agendas. It's like the old Wizard of Oz where don't look at the guy behind the curtain, just stare at the big green head. So in America right now, you talked, and I thought this was so key, about the communists and the socialists that have been here for over 100 years now that they, there was a point in time when they set their sights on the Democratic Party. Now, my My grandparents were all Democrats forever, and we've had great conversations over the years about that. Because the Democrats of today are not the Democrats that they used to be under, like a John F. Kennedy, people like that. So, the in your book, this was very cool because you called. We know we always hear about rhinos, Republican in name name only, but you said dinos. So, what is the difference between an old school Democrat and a dino today?
1: Well, you know, the old-school Democrats believed in America. I mean, JFK is a perfect example, love him or hate him. He wanted to lower taxes. He wanted to have individual liberty. He was pro-life. He was a whole lot of things that you'd find conservative today uh, when you do the comparisons. Mm -hmm. That is not today's Democratic Party. They are rabid socialists. They're elitists. Mm -hmm. And if you look at even the funding of the Democratic Party, it's coming from radical billionaires. A lot of them who are cheating the system, like uh, Sam Bankman, Freed right. who, who you know, built this billion-dollar fortune on nothing, maybe complete scam, yeah. but gave 40 million -- second only to George Soros. the billionaire class is funding primarily the Democratic Party, and they're taking over the elite technologies like Google and Facebook, and, and they're using it to create this whole uh, the, lack of a better term, animal farm society where yeah. the elites run everything, and the rest of us were serfs, and yeah. we worked for them. Right. and and so the Democratic Party today is nothing like the William Jennings Bryan cross of Gold Democrat or the JFK yeah. or, or even the Democrats who believed in secure borders, right which we had you know the seemingly liberal Democrats believe, well, we've got to protect the American worker. That has shifted. Populism is no longer a Democrat priority.
0: Yeah, so in, and I thought this was and there were so many good points. I mean, I could spend probably hours going over your book. And again, everybody, the book is named according to Plan by Kevin Freeman. I certainly would recommend it if you really want to know what's going on today but and that's why I wanted him to define pigs. He's not calling people pigs. He's talking about the original uh book that was written years ago by um George Orwell. Orwell yeah. I guess it was, but it very, very important that you understand what they're trying to do here in America, and the Democrats we have today are not the Democrats of yesterday, not the um, conservative sect, but they are people. And when we talked about pigs on a global scale of Vladimir Putin and and Xi Jinping of China and things like that and what they're trying to do to their countries, now you can get into the mindset of the Democratic Party today. How do people who are so corrupt, how are they able to stay in office for seemingly decade after decade it's because they have been implanted there, because the Communist Party USA, the the socialists, they have all groomed these people to take those positions, and then now they're carrying out the edicts in America of this socialistic, communist ideology that they're doing in Russia and China. So the way they rule those countries, they want to be able to rule Americans here, and that's the pigs that uh, Kevin wrote about that are. That took over the the, the farmhouse, and they're ruling everybody else. That's what they want to do here. It's all about control. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again. He can't enter or see the kingdom of God.
4: Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to slash future or call 800 end time. That's 800 363 8463.
0: I'm joined by Kevin Freeman. So, uh, Kevin, is that the goal? Is to, I mean, so you make a statement in the book the elites are working to weaken America so she can no longer impede their evil plans. That's pretty much the goal here, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, as you mentioned, one of the goals of the Communist Party USA was to capture one or both of the political parties. I would argue that they've captured one and half of the other. Right. Uh, And and their goal is, people say, well, whoa, is this a conspiracy theory? You stop and you think about this, Do you think Jeffrey Epstein was first recognized to be a pedophile when they arrested him? No, it was known about for years, and it was rumored and discussed for years. And the same thing with Harvey Weinstein, the whole casting couch. You know, the elite protect themselves until they're no longer useful. That's why Hunter Biden has a laptop that, that... really details all sorts of nasty, terrible stuff, Mm -hmm. and that nobody's doing anything about it because President Biden is still useful. Mm -hmm. The elite protect their own, and they hide their own, and they want to capture America. And why do they want to capture America? The answer is because we're exceptional. And what makes us exceptional? We're founded on Biblical principles, believing in individual liberty, where we the people are in charge, not we the elite. And because of that, they have to remove America or they have to just take us down from within. And Abraham Lincoln said, you'd have to take us down from within. And according to plan, basically says that's what they're doing. They're taking us down from within, isolating us, making us feel lonely, making us feel out of touch. You know, I just interviewed Stella Morbido, uh, who wrote The Weaponization of Loneliness, all of COVID was to isolate us. You're yeah. six feet apart, and your neighbor might kill you. He might get you sick and you die. Right. So you can't get with your neighbor. You can't go to church. You can't get together. This is what tyrants always do. It's what the French Revolution was about. It's what Hitler Youth was about. It, it destroyed the family, yeah. destroy faith, destroy national principles. That's what they're doing, and, and that is the purpose. That is the plan to separate us, and that's what the Antichrist does. Exactly. You don't belong unless you've got the mark. That's right. You don't belong unless you worship the beast. That's
0: exactly and that's right. That's
1: where they're trying to take us, and, and they're not hiding it anymore. They used yeah. to hide it. It's very
0: open, very obvious. Exactly, and that, I think that's one of the reasons that they mainly want to keep everybody divided, whether it's along racial lines or economic status. It, it's irrelevant to them. If they can divide, it's divide and conquer. If the United States was just, if everybody was just to unite, in your book you talked about if we were to gather everybody in Washington that's trying to do this, it's just under 3 million people. But in the United States, it's close to 330 million people. If we would just unite and say no, it'd be over with. And so it very, I, I, I just really love the book, and I think everybody, I highly recommend it. So the, to reach their goal here in America, they are... There are many things that they're doing you talked about um, they're attacking our economic strength are ending our energy independence everybody wants to know what in the world did Joe biden do why is he uh giving away so much of our strategic petroleum reserve and uh, now gas prices went from dollar fifty and with President Trump to now over three or four dollars a gallon in many places ending our ending our energy independence you know why aren't we we were exporting energy under donald trump now we're You know, we're about to run out of diesel and all these different things. Driving America into bankruptcy, closing our businesses because of COVID. It's all going, as you say in your book, according to plan. It's a grand design for all of this, attacking our military strength. Everybody's sitting here wondering, what is going on in America? But there is a grand design to to weaken America so we can't stand against the socialistic, communistic overthrow of America. And that's really what you talk about in your book. I think you brought it out perfectly that that's what they're trying to do in America. And, these, and you talk about all these different things uh, in the book. And if people really want to know what's going on, um, I certainly would definitely recommend according to plan. You talk about all these different things, the ways they're trying to do it in America today.
1: Yeah, and we give solutions too. We give, you know, Dylan Thomas wrote a a poem that says, uh, uh, do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. We know inevitably that God's going to win. And before that, it's going to look like Satan has won. And before that, we should be striving, fighting, struggling to share the gospel as many places as we can. To bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ and to stop their nefarious plans. I mean, I have no doubt that Adolf Hitler planned to be the the antichrist yeah. and Satan said, "We'll just kill all the Jews and we'll make him the antichrist and right. change God's timetable." Well, sorry Satan, you can't change God's timetable. But people had to rage and fight back then, and we have to rage and fight back. Like there's a central bank digital currency coming, they're exactly. testing it in New York right now. Yeah. We have a solution for that, but we have to be prepared to understand the times. And to implement God's solutions, to pray, to seek, to yeah. to build fellowship in community, and to fight back.
0: That's exactly it, and that's really the goal. I know that your plan as well, but that's our goal here at End Time Ministries: is just teach and preach the gospel, the kingdom of God, around the world. Because the number one thing is to be be prepared spiritually for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. But guess what? Like you said before, the Bible says, "Occupy till I come." From now until that event happens, I gotta live in this old world. And we need to resist some of these things. The Bible says, "Resist the devil, and he will flee from you." So there's some things that we have to do here, Kevin. And I think you guys are right on the right track. I'm so thankful that we have your uh, what you guys are doing at the Economic War Room. I think it's great. Um, for the could, sake of time, can I, I share
1: one thing on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, v- very briefly. Yeah. "occupy till I come" comes in the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. Where where money was given. Exactly. It was money. It's not you, you can play the piano now. No money was given <laughs> in the form of a talent to three servants. Uh, one of them was fearful and buried the money. Right. And that's the sin of America right now. I'm afraid. So I'm going to have to take my money and bury it and hide it. No, occupy, do business until I come again, Jesus said. That's why he said in Luke sixteen eleven, if you're not faithful with your unrighteous mammon, you will not be trusted with true riches. Right. America has made unrighteous mammon their God, and, and therefore we, we are going to be sucked into this one world currency, di- central bank digital currency component yes. a- a- until we realize, no, no, money is not an end in itself. It is not our treasure. Our treasures in heaven. Money's a tool. Right. It's a weapon. It, it's no different than a gun or a shovel or a, a, a screwdriver. It's yeah. something God gave us to use for His kingdom and His purpose. That's why we call it economic war room. And my next book is going to be titled "Economic War of the Hearts," because it's that battle to yeah. see if we can focus our money God's
0: way. Exactly, and that's that's a you you bring up so many critical points there. When we talk about the central bank digital, digital currency, and I know that um, that's... So I'm looking at it from a prophetic standpoint. Bible says the Antichrist is going to give everybody their own unique identification number, a mark, without which they're going to be able to buy or sell. It's going to be economic sanctioning in the end time. And there are people like you who are looking into uh, ways to, like you say, weaponize your money and possibly maybe go around that. And when I, when I heard about we, we talk about CBDCs and these um, which is a way they could implement that, I'm looking at it from a, a, a very ominous standpoint but um, when we talk about um, ESG, central bank digital currencies, it's all these pigs trying to control everybody else, the economy and their businesses implementing these socialistic. Communistic ideologies here in America. That's really what's going on. Even our southern border, all of these main issues that we see, uh, giving up our energy independencies, all that we see is this thing going according to plan, which is why your book, I would highly recommend that. Again, I mean, I can't do that enough. Mine looks basically as much yellow inside with the highlights as it does. That's non-highlighted. Uh, one of the things I want to cover before we get to the end here, um, Just a couple things. So, in your opinion, when you say weaponize your money, give me a uh, because this is kind of what in in the book you say. Here's what we need to do, and I understand spiritually from that aspect, and we cover that a lot on our program. But when you say weaponize your money, that's one of the things where, until I really get into this, I'm not an economist and 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 like you are, and so I want to know. What can I do with my money? I know you guys cover that a lot, and I want to make sure everybody goes to the economic war room. When you say weaponize your money, give me a clear definition of that.
1: Well, there's only three things you can do with your money. You can give it, you can spend it, and you can invest it. Right. An unwise person is going to give their money to someone that wants to destroy your values. So if, you, if you're attending a church that is destroying your values, stop giving money there. Give mm-hmm. money to something that follows the Bible. That, that preaches the word of God yeah. and so forth. So giving is an obvious one. Mm-hmm. Spending is a little less obvious. You go and you'll pick up any item in your house and you look, made in China, made in China, made in China, and you realize you've been funding the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. 22 years ago, they were one-tenth the size of the American economy. China was roughly the size of the Italian economy. But through our spending, we funded right. China and investing too. When you invest in Disney, for example, you got to wonder – Hey, they're making this movie that's, that's promoting a new LGBTQ right. character as a teen, or there's a gay kiss in Lightyear. Is that how you want your investments right. to go? Do you want to fund your own demise? Mm-hmm. And so you've got to evaluate that. So we train our people to weaponize their giving, spending and investing. And then and we-, we train financial advisors at Liberty University. Uh, through the National Security Investment Consultant Institute NSIC dot org, mm-hmm. and and we train advisors to help their clients don't invest in ESG that will destroy your values. Invest in things that promote liberty, security, and values, and that's what we mean by weaponizing your money.
0: Very good. Thank you, my friend, for the interview today. I want to say God bless you and your team, and certainly enjoy your work.
1: Thank you. God bless you, Dave. All right. Thank you, sir.
3: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you.
2: What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the NWH television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference every year. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says serving end time prophecy call one 800 end or visit endtime.com slash events for more information if your station only carries the first 30 minutes of end of the age go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast you can also finish up later by clicking the archive button
0: What a great interview with Kevin Freeman. As I mentioned, I look at everything from a a biblical prophetic perspective. Remember, during the interview, when I said the Antichrist world government in the end time will be a socialistic, communistic, one world governing body. Well, later on, Kevin said, I agree with you, Dave. I believe the Antichrist is real. I believe the scripture is true, and I believe that we will have an end time. It will be a a socialist, communist tyranny over the whole earth. It was very important. Well, Before we end the show, I want to make sure you understand where this is mentioned in the prophecies of the Bible because we are watching the fulfillment of this prophecy right now. Over the last century, socialism or communism ideologies have killed approximately 100 million people just prior to, um, and well, really, according to Bible prophecy, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon, this same revolutionary belief system will lead the worst Time of persecution the world has ever known. Revelation 13, 1-8 describes the end-time world government and its ruler as the beast, along with the spiritual being from which they derive their power. Our understanding of this prophecy begins all the way back in the book of Daniel. In Daniel 7, the prophet Daniel was given a vision of four beasts, That represented kingdoms or nations which would exist at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The four beasts described in Daniel 7 verses 4 through 7 and the modern nations they symbolize are a lion with eagle's wings, Daniel saw, which symbolizes the modern day nations of Great Britain and the United States. A bear symbolizing Russia a four-headed leopard, which is Germany, and a ten-horned beast, the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. Revelation uses these same symbols of nations to describe the end-time world government. In John's account, the four separate nations of Daniel 7 have federalized into one large global governing body. And the interpretation would go something like this. John said, and this is Revelation 13, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast, a singular beast, rise up out of the sea, and it had seven heads and ten horns. And upon its horns, remember, symbolizing the European Union, were ten crowns. And upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. So it had the body of the leopard, symbolizing the modern-day nation of Germany, feet as the feet of the bear, Russia, mouth as the mouth of the lion, Great Britain, and the dragon, or Satan, gave this entity its power, its seat, and its great authority. That's Revelation 13, one and 2. And this seven-headed, ten-horned beast is symbolic of the world government that is currently being established. And this is kind of what, uh, Kevin and I were talking about. This socialistic overthrow of the world, it's going to be, uh, this world government that's talked about in this Revelation 13. So the ruler of the end-time world government is mentioned many times in Scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. He is the man of sin, the son of perdition, but he's also known as the Antichrist. While referencing the end-time world government and its ruler, the Antichrist, Revelation states, and the dragon gave it his power, seat, and great authority. That's Revelation 13, 2. Now, there are two verses of Scripture that help us to define who the dragon is. They are... Um, the Bible says, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. This is Revelation twelve nine, at the time of the war in heaven, which is in the very near future. And then Revelation 20 says, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. That's Revelation 20, verse 2. That's at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ and just prior to the beginning of the 1,000-year millennial reign. The dragon, who is the mastermind behind, listen at this, the end-time socialistic world government, yes, he is the principal driver right now behind the efforts to form a world government. That is Satan himself. The Bible tells us right here in Revelation 13. But how do we know that the kingdom of the Antichrist will be socialistic? It's one of the big things here. Well, a, a red kingdom is what we're referring to. Just like any other topic in the Bible, When you're seeking a better understanding or the interpretation of a prophecy, you have to look at all the scriptures devoted to that topic. Remember, from Revelation 13, 1 through 8, the seven-headed ten-horned beast symbolizes the end-time world government of the Antichrist. Well, there's another scripture that also mentions this same seven-headed ten-horned beast. And if you look closely at this verse, you will see a very important characteristic which allows us to further understand the prophecy. It's another really important clue. This would be um, Revelation 17.3. John says, so he carried me away. Now, in Revelation 17 and 18, these are parenthetical chapters where the Lord is describing to John the judgment of the great harlot, the false religious system in the end time. But the false religious system is in alliance with a world governing body. So as the Lord is showing John this, the judgment of this false religious system, he also helps to describe the world government that she is in alliance with. So in Revelation 17, three, John says, so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness And I saw a woman sit on a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Again, that's Revelation 17, 3. So in this prophecy, the scarlet color or red color, that's of great significance. Don't miss that clue. Because this clue reveals the political ideology of the kingdom of the Antichrist. Which is socialism or communism. So how in the world do you know that? Well, we've got to go to the red horse. The Book of Revelation has kind of a, um, a skeletal structure of three groups of seven. It has the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven vials. The four horsemen are the first four seals of. Of the seven seals, they're mentioned in Revelation 6, verse 1 through 8. And it reveals four horses, a white horse, a red horse, a black horse, and a pale horse. And and it also gives several clues to help us identify them. Now, to what are these color horses referring to? I've seen movies and books and different things that have been uh, published over the years, that have give many different definitions to what these horses are and all of the clues and defining them. But the answer to this question is found in another account of this prophecy located all the way back in the Old Testament in Zechariah 6, verse 1 through 8. Zechariah saw the same colored horses, but he saw them pulling chariots and additionally Instead of pale horses, Zechariah saw grizzled and bay horses. The following scriptures tell us what these horses symbolize. Zechariah said, And I answered and said unto the angel that was talking with me here, he says, What are these? What are these horses pulling these chariots? What are they what are they? What do they symbolize? And the angel answered and said unto Zechariah, These are the four spirits of the heavens which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. That would be uh, Zechariah 6, verse 4 and 5. Now, this tells us that the four colored horses of Revelation 6, verse 1 through 8, symbolize spirits. They're not four physical horses that will be riding across the land one day, killing people and having utter destruction. It's not what it means. Some of them will uh, have power to kill people, and there will be famines and different things. However, they're four spirits. They're four ideologies. Now, these four spirits, they're actually the four main ideologies of mankind today. If you think about this, the spirits are the white horse, which would symbolize Catholicism. And we've got lessons teaching on all this. I'm not going to go into great depth today, but... I can document that the white spirit is Catholicism, the red spirit, think of the red spirit in the earth today, communism, socialism. The black horse would uh, symbolize, or the black spirit, capitalism, and the pale, or the green horse, would be Islamism. Pale here, if you understand the interpretation of this prophecy, the word pale the original Greek word, which is how the, what the New Testament was written in, was chloros, which means green. So the correct interpretation would be a green horse. That symbolizes Islamism in the world today. But for this lesson today, I want to focus just on the red horse. Revelation states, and when he opened the second seal, I heard the Second beast say, come and see, and there went out another horse that was red. That's uh, Revelation 6, 3, and 4. Consider, the, uh, consider this. What spirit would represent the red horse in the earth today? There is an international spirit which influences what people believe, how they live, what they do, what they'll fight for, what some of, many of them have died for. Think of the red spirit of a red Russia, red um, China, red Romania. It's communism. Communism is commonly associated with the color red. And communism has widespread influence over what people believe, value, what they love, what they fight for, and what many of them, millions, have died for. Revelation 6 elaborates... Concerning the red horse, it says, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. Uh, Re- Revelation 6, 3, and 4. So, from its very outset, from the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, the China Revolution in uh, 1945, and the conflicts, uh, there have been conflicts in what? Uh, Korea, Vietnam, Cong- Congo. Communism has robbed our world of peace. Communism doesn't bring peace, it's revolution. Now, this passage continues by saying and that they should kill one another. So not only do communists fight their enemies, but they fight amongst themselves as well. Let me give you an example. Um, Stalin. He killed 20 million Russians during his reign in the Soviet Union. His own people. And over the last 60 years or so, 60 million Chinese have been killed in the Cultural Revolution. Now, this prophecy also says that, and there was given unto him a mighty sword. Imagine. And if you follow any of this stuff, there is a mighty military force that backs communism. The Soviet Union's flag, if you remember, was a, uh, had the hammer and the sickle, which was red. Red is the color most commonly associated with communism and socialism. The two ideologies are really synonymous. Communism is the uh, the political ideology. Socialism is the economic system that works hand-in-hand with communism. You can kind of see with our economic system here in America, that's how they're trying to bring in socialistic principles, if you understand some of these things. And this is... Um, what Kevin and I were talking about during the interview. The, the socialistic takeover of America. It's all going, as his book said, according to plan. This is the red spirit, the red horse, the power of communism. And from these scriptures, we know the end-time world government, remember the seven-headed 10 horn beast, the scarlet-colored seven-headed 10 horn beast, the world government... So this end-time world government, the Red Kingdom of the Antichrist, will be a socialistic, communistic empire. So when we know we're here in the end time, we can prove that many ways, and we see socialism, communism, sweeping the world to the point where the United States is the last bastion of freedom on the earth, and they're trying to implement socialism and communism here. It's all a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Now, you say, well, what about the United States? I don't think that they'll fully... Get it implemented here in the United States. I believe we'll stand with Israel towards the end against the world government, but they're doing their best to implement it here. And you know, unbeknownst to many, the ongoing fulfillment of this prophecy is happening right now. You say, "Well, how?" Well, the United the United Nations, the seat of world government in the earth today, it's always been red. It's always been socialistic. This is a 2000 year old prophecy of the end time world government. And it has been in the works for decades now. I've had people tell me, oh, Dave, I, you know, I don't know if we're in the end time or not. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Have you followed the prophecies of the Bible at all? We're way off into the end time. We're at the culmination of this thing, folks. You know, um, when we look at the United Nations, it is—it's the very seat of the world government that John prophesied about back in Revelation chapter 13. And from the from the United Nations inception, the political ideology of that global governing structure is exactly what prophecy says it would be: socialistic. If you remember there was one key American man responsible for the formation of the United Nations, and that was Al Jair Hiss. He organized the American delegation, and he served as the acting secretary general at the first U.N. meeting. Hiss also served on the steering and executive committees and was charged with the responsibility to actually write the United Nations Charter. Well, after playing such a dominant role in developing the Charter of of the United Nations and in the founding conference, three years later, he was convicted in U.S. courts for lying to cover his activities as a communist spy. Okay? And to this day, not one word of the original charter written by Alger Hiss, has changed and the U.N. still functions as a socialistic, one-world government. Think about that. And, you know, from the beginning, every secretary general has, focal, has really fully supported the socialistic platform of the United Nations. Every single one of them. Um, the, the current secretary general, uh, Antonio Guterres... He was actually president of the Socialist International from 1999 to 2005. The number one socialist on the planet, everybody. He's our current secretary general of the United Nations. The, the declaration of the Socialist International endorsed at the council conference that was held back in Oslo in June of 1962. It actually states the ultimate objective of the parties of the Socialist International is nothing less than, here it is, world government. They know exactly what they're doing, and they know the ideology, the belief system that is driving that, and it is socialism, communism. Now, understanding how close we are to the end of all this, the end of this age, it's not surprising that the prophesied socialistic kingdom of the Antichrist is already established and functioning. So, folks, in the end, it's all about socialism. The Bible says everybody whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life will follow after this ideology. We have people here in the United States that are following these ideologies and that are fully um, committed to implementing socialism and then communism here in the United States. And we, I mentioned in the uh, interview with Kevin that the, uh, De- the Democratic Socialists of America have been here for decades. The Communist Party USA has been here since the early 1900s. And they've been grooming people to fill spots in the government and in colleges and in influential positions to implement socialism here. You know, so as we know, scripturally, in the end, this world governing body, socialism. The Bible prophesies in the end time, a socialistic world government will be established and the ruler of that entity will be the Antichrist. And as such, no Christian should want to be part of it. Jesus Christ, I read an article the other day that said Jesus Christ was a socialist. He absolutely was not a socialist. But these crazy uh, belief systems are running around, and if you don't understand the Bible and some of these other things and do your research, you can almost kind of get to believe it, right? Both Dan, the prophet Daniel and John tell us when the Lord returns, he will destroy this world governing system and establish his kingdom here on the earth. Daniel said, i beheld till the thrones were cast down and the Ancient of Days did sit whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Daniel 7, 9 is the key scripture that lets us know these beasts in Daniel 7 would be on earth and in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Then John said, and the seventh angel sounded... And there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That's Revelation eleven fifteen at the seventh trump. Daniel seven nine and Revelation eleven fifteen are talking about the exact same thing, the exact same event, which is just ahead of us now. The Antichrist is going to be destroyed, along with those who pledge allegiance to him, thereby worshiping him and his world government. But then Daniel continues and he continues and he said, I beheld then because of the voice of the that the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, his body destroyed, and his and given to the burning flame. That's Daniel 7:11. That's right here at the end of this age, at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, then Revelation states, this would be Revelation 19, John said, and the beast was taken, the Antichrist, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his name. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. That's Revelation 19:20. It's the same event back in... Daniel 7, and then Revelation 14 says, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his, or in, his forehead, uh, in his forehead or in his hand, these same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment. Ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. That's Revelation fourteen nine through eleven. So the Bible prophesies the Antichrist will be a socialist communist. A clear understanding of these prophecies let me know two things really. I don't want to be part of the kingdom of the Antichrist, nor do I want to live in a nation that is. And this is exactly what Kevin Freeman and I were talking about in the interview. Kevin was talking about it from a a, a secular position, the socialistic, communistic um, tyranny sweeping the world. And I was coming at it. He believes in an end time and he believes in the Bible. But I was coming at it from a biblical prophetic perspective understanding that this end-time world government will be a socialistic, communistic, world-governing body led by a communist who will be the Antichrist. And it all comes to us from Revelation 6, verse 1 through 8, the red horse, the red kingdom, and Zechariah 6, verse 1 through 8, and all the prophecies that accompany that. So thank you very much. God bless. I hope you enjoyed the interview. And we've got more interviews to come in the very near future. God bless.
4: For centuries, the symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. At the time it was written, this book was meant to reveal Jesus Christ as King. But for many, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In his final work, Revelation. The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. The second half of this 21-part definitive DVD series and 260-plus page comprehensive commentary book covers the last half of the book of Revelation. Featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations, you'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final year's on earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intention of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. When you call 1-800-END-TIME or go online right now to order, you can also get the entire commentary, including parts one and two, for $499. You'll get answers to questions like... When will the rapture take place? How does the mark of the beast work? What will Christians have to endure during the tribulation? Don't miss this special offer. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com.
0: They that understand what is taking place will instruct many.
3: Time is not going anywhere.
5: I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner.
2: Have you always wanted to know more about Bible prophecy? Well, now you can. Attend a prophecy conference hosted by end of the ages, Dave Robbins. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME or visit us online at endtime.com.